0: Here they come!
1: Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Matt from NeoZaz Productions to discuss this. The heat ray from George Powell's 1953 The War of the Worlds, along with the first attack of the fighting machines.
0: All right, sweethearts, so what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed?
1: Another glorious day in the core. Hello, Matt. Hello. Hello. Um, Matt, I, I've i asked you on for this episode uh, because I know that you're a fan of the War of the Worlds. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Normally when someone says that, my response would be you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger fan, but in your case, all you have to do is turn and look in a mirror. <laughs>
1: See, this is very funny because, you know, um, you know, you came over a a few years ago and we spent, you Mm -hmm. know, almost a week, uh, you you know, you, me and your wife. And we talked about everything as we traveled around London and, you know, and, you know, and we talked and talked and it was proper fanboy talk. But we never talked about War of the Worlds. That never actually came (laughs) up that you were a fan of War of the Worlds because, you know, I'm sure your wife would have been bored. yeah. Stiff, you know. For that. Maybe she's grateful that this about this because you know we would have just talked and talked and talked, wouldn't we?
0: Most likely, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to find a defence
1: to that? But there really is none. You're you're pretty much uh, accurate on that statement. All right, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to curtail it a bit because I know Neo as they've got uh, you. You guys have got plans uh, as we approach Halloween to be doing some uh, War of the Worlds uh, themed. Uh, specials and episodes and stuff. So, don't want to talk about it too much because we'll we'll, we'll save that for later mm-hmm. on in the year. Um, but I, my question to you is: I know you're a fan of the War of the Worlds, um, but I've never asked you how big a fan are you of this film?
0: um it, yeah, that's a good question because I kind of like um, entered in, I guess, the middle of its history. Like, it started off with the The Orson Welles audio production, and then something closer to my lifetime, but still just before I was born, the Buffalo, New York, WKBW um, remake. So I kind of, my early fandom or obsession with it started with the audio editions, then I kind of worked into the movies, and then finally worked all the way back to the literature of it. So it's not, the movies aren't on top of my list, and not because of you know, liking them less or anything. It's just my history with them is less. So, so I am, I'm a fan of the movie. I even can tolerate the Spielberg slash Tom Cruise one, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's like not one that I have as much experience with as I do the audio versions of the story.
1: See, I almost parallel you with that because my first, uh, uh, you know, exposure to War of the Worlds, was this six very again we'll hold off maybe for later in the year but there was okay i sent i sent you a, a cd of it a, a yes. record that was out yes yes
0: yes which is is that's another great audio version
1: yeah and um i i think i was given it one christmas when i was about five or six years old and it, it it's kind of similar to the film the george powell film that we're going to talk about today in that it updated it well it didn't update it to america it's The people had American accents, but they never said it was America. They Mm, used mm -hmm. phrases that were American, but then they also used phrases that were English. And it was this strange LP, which told, it updated it, definitely. Well, updated it a bit. I I think they moved it to about, you know, the 20s or 30s, something like that. And it scared the crap out of me, that that, that <laughs> record, and I, and I was fascinated by it. Um so that was my first exposure. Then I saw this film, um, and it's this film along with another George Powell film, uh, The Time Machine and Forbidden Planet, which um they planted my love for fifties science fiction films. You know, I mm, saw okay. them and, and, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and I just became you know totally entranced by them. Then I read the novel um, and loved it even more. And then Jeff Wayne's musical version came out. And, you know, each one of these things, it just registered more and more. And, yeah, yeah, a massive fan of uh, War of the Worlds in all its incarnations, apart from the spin-off TV series um, from this film. You know, the one that was in the 80s? Oh, uh, you, know,
0: you know, I love that, but for not the right reasons. Okay, uh, I love to, I love to watch it and just watch how like almost it's almost like uh, it's not a guilty pleasure because I'm not getting that much pleasure out of it. I love to laugh at at it in places it's not supposed to be funny. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> no. It was so far removed from its yeah. source material, wasn't it? You know, there was uh, just the odd reference or something. It's like, but I want to see fighting machines. I want to yeah. see Martians. You know,
0: <laughs> the episode where the secret agency was faced off in a hockey game with the aliens is I mean that's just how how, no one can write that on purpose that's just that happens by complete utter random accident
1: there is a reason why when you have uh, retrospectives on television science fiction that (laughs) this 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 one doesn't come up does it? (laughs) yeah oh my goodness that yeah
0: that, that poor show was just like it's the the it was uh Way too imaginative without the budget and and support to back up the idea. The idea was solid, but it's like, okay, here's what you got to work with. And yeah, like yeah. I said, we oh, got them playing man. hockey.
1: Yeah. oh man, 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 man. Um, I the you say about the Tom Cruise one. I I I will watch the Tom Cruise one be, for the special effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you. it. You know, they they they've got the accurate tripods. Well, they've got tripods. They're not strictly accurate, but they have got <laughs> tripods and uh that 's about it i can 't no <laughs>
0: I've, I've, I watched it when it came out I think i've watched it on home video once all the way through and i don 't get mad at it it 's just i don 't you know I, I i've seen it i'm 'm done with it. it's it's yeah. fine it's okay there's one really cool thing about it and it's just it 's amazing how you 've managed to get me on shows with subjects that always lead back to universal studios one way or another there the scene where he is looking around a crashed seven forty seven mm mm-hmm. Set. That set is still on the lot at Universal Studios Hollywood, and it's part of their tram tour. And even better, when you go to Halloween Horror Nights, there is no tram tour. You have to walk it so that every September and October you have an opportunity to walk in that set itself, which is actually pretty impressive.
1: So is it advertised as a War of the Worlds thing, or is it just yep. something that's it's, on the yep. lot? The the
0: backlot for Hollywood is unique because it's, I mean, they will point out what specific things are. There is, that is, that is the set they filmed that scene on. So it is, it's part of the tram tour, but they say, you know, things from Kong, War of the Worlds, Fast and the Furious, whatever else is on there. But yeah, they absolutely, it's, it's not like just general thing they put together. It is what they built okay. to film that scene on and they left it there as part of the universal backlot.
1: Do you know, have they used it as as like a, a, a backdrop for any subsequent films? It's been used in anything else? I don't
0: know it has, but I'm sure it has, probably at a different angle or something, because that's just a very large piece of filming real estate to not use in one way or another. I can't tell you what there, what it was, but I would almost guarantee – it has to have been yeah used some...
1: yeah it, it it's like the old um, universal's um recreation of the paris opera house for phantom the yeah, opera right, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was taken out of mothballs you know and 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 used again and again wasn't it
0: right yeah yeah that's why i'm saying it's just it's way too much of a big piece of land for a inactive movie studio not to have done something with right
1: okay all right well let's move on let's let, let let's um get on to george powell's version um let's get on to the film then we're going to discuss each scene separately i thought because you know there's two effects sequences here so we'll discuss them separately and rate them uh separately so here we go with the heat ray clip um it's quite a long clip um um so i apologize for that but it's just so darn entertaining (laughs) I, i i couldn't bring myself to trim it down okay so here we go with the clip Who? where do you think they come from? How would I know?
0: They're in some place. Mars is near the Earth right now. Happens every 18 or 20 years, they say. Men from Mars. What do you think? Maybe these are not men. Not like us. Everything human doesn't have to look like you and me. If it's men from Mars, we ought to let them know we're friendly. Don't fool around with something when you don't know what it is.
1: We'd be the first to make contact with them. See? We'd be in all the papers. How about that? We could show them we're friendly, huh? Uh, Walk out there with a white flag. Hey, I, I, I got an old sugar sack, my car. What are we going to say to them? Welcome to California on.
0: To understand us we're talking sign language they'll understand us all right you sure sure everybody understands when you wave the white flag you want to be friends
1: hey there open up come on out we're friends hey, that's right we welcome you we're friends Yeah. we start with the three guys who've been detailed to guard the crash cylinder Um, That sat at the side of the road there. Now, um, to anyone who knows this film but hasn't read the book, of course, you know, this film, you you, you know, is is not the book because it's been updated to 50s America and there have been many, many changes. Um, If you haven't read the book... Um, the HG Wells' version is, is is quite different from this in that it's not at the side of the road, <laughs> it's it's not at nighttime, and you haven't got three guys there. You've actually got quite a a, a crowd um, uh, standing around the crash cylinder, don't you?
0: Yeah, it's it. Yeah, the um, I liken this more to. It seems to have pulled – I mean, it's definitely – I mean, the H.G. Wells stuff, obviously, that's where the story comes from. I recognize – and maybe, again, it might be in the order that I watch or, or or learn about the story. I recognize more elements from the audio productions, particularly in this scene with the white flag, although the white flag, I'm sure I don't recall. Uh, I think it was in the book, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Okay, uh, so it was – I mean, so that's where the, the one – I mean, they pulled it from the audio. Again, my history with this is so out of order, I, 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 I recognize things that were – pulled from the original text but to me it's it comes from a different source
1: yeah it's the same this is uh i, I had the record so i know about the cylinder opening and actually eerily the noise of the we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit but when the cylinder starts to unscrew the the, the the metallic rattle um of this i think they had seen this film when they came to do the record because it's very very similar this metallic oh, really? okay. rattle yeah <laughs> Um, But no, in in the book, yes, there is a delegation that uh, goes down into the crater caused by uh, the cylinder um, to, you know, uh, uh, approach it. Um, Here, you've just got three guys. Um, As I say, it's nighttime and it's at the side of the road. Um, Again, I'm going to hold off on talking too much about this because I'd Mm -hmm. like to save it for later in the year. Um, I've got quite a story to tell you about Horsall Common. Oh, wow. OK. Uh, yeah. I've, I've got a story to tell you about Horsall Common, uh, where the cylinder lands in the book and how I was almost taken to court over it. Really? Yes. I I, <laughs> wow. I, I, I I, had the law breathing down my neck over a visit to Horsall Common regarding War of the Worlds. But I'm going to save oh that. <laughs> That's a little teaser trailer for later in the year. folks. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> OK, right. So but we're focusing just on the film today. You've got the three guys there, one of them, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Jack Crucian, who I know um, from Cape Fear. And OK, he, yeah, he was also in a, uh, a proper 50s uh, science fiction B movie called The Angry Red Planet. But this film is so ingrained in my head that I, I can only see him as the portly gentleman out of those three that uh, <laughs> um, are, are sat there, you know. Um, while that sat there, I, d- have you got this on DVD or or have you watched it via the net?
0: Yeah, I have a DVD I bought quite a few years ago.
1: Yeah, we're going to come on to this in behind the scenes. But uh, but watching it for the show, uh, when they sat there, it's very apparent in HD that uh, uh, it's a back cloth, the mountains and the sky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is, because you can see the folds in it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all... Ooh. It's a bit like 2001. When I got 2001 on on Blu-ray, and it's like fantastic. And I'm watching the opening scene with the uh, the dawn of man sequence. You can see folds in the uh, in in the sky in the background.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, they 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 hear something. They look at the cylinder, and you've got some great ominous music. The music in this film, I think, is fantastic. It it, it really does aug- augment what's going on. Um, really classy production the music i think
0: uh, hey. I, yeah absolutely yeah there's a lot in this movie uh i don't what well, that's not entirely true it's let say i don't watch a lot of old movies that's that a, a part of being outside of a horror or science fiction genre so this one actually seems a little ahead of its time as far as musics and we'll get into some of the effects some some of them not but <laughs> and a lot of the things that they do in this it's hard to remind myself this this is not I, I actually envisioned it as kind of a late sixties, early seventies, but it's nineteen fifty three, right? Nineteen yeah, yeah, fifty three? Yeah, it's 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 actually in I think a lot of ways quite ahead of its time for from other movies at that in that time.
1: Yeah, it's like Forbidden Planet as well. You see the that the contemporaries that were coming out at the same time as well and look at the production values or the effects or the music. Yeah, they're, they're, it, it, they that it they were high class. They really mm-hmm. were. Um, so you see the cylinder, you've got the the, the music. I like the fact that they, they, there's a, they've obviously read the novel. You know, of course they would have had to, but they paid attention that the actual cylinder um, is uh, covered with this like um, crusty coating. Okay.
0: Yeah, it, it's it. Yeah, it gives it the more meteor appear, initial appearance that. Yeah. everyone thought it was on on initial viewing or a uh, witnessing of it
1: yeah and that that's in the novel and of course in the novel the when the cylinder starts to unscrew it unscrews much slower than it does here in this film because it's not until somebody notices that a cer i can't remember if it, it's a certain lump or a bit had flaked off and it was in a certain point and then they looked at a minute later and it had moved that's how they realized that something was unscrewing you see yes okay yeah, and also size-wise, I also wanted to mention size-wise. This this cylinder in this film is is radically smaller than it is in the book. Um, in the book, it's like ninety yards across.
0: It's so. It's also radically smaller to contain everything that actually comes out of
1: yeah. it. By the time it, <laughs> we see everything, and when this unscrews that little hatch, does everything come out of that little hatch? I don't. Yeah, right. That. That's, that's <laughs> another question. There must be another bigger hatch just out of shot. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because, of course, in the book, yeah, it's like 90 yards across and the end unscrews. I've seen mentioned before that H.G. Uh, Wells, you know, famously, he was using real life places, um, you, you, you know, to base, you, you, you know, the novel one. And it, it seems he took his inspiration. I, I don't know if you have them in America, but, you know, back in Victorian times, right up until very recently, you had these uh, gas towers. OK, which are these huge cylinders full of uh, gas and every town had them
0: uh, like uh, like uh, not maybe not propane, but that kind of gas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gas for the home, you know. Uh, oh, gas I see Oh, in yes.
0: Oh, 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 yes. Oh, yes. OK. Um, OK. That's interesting. We didn't have like town ones, but homes had individual ones. So I guess I would picture the same side of setup, setup just larger.
1: Yeah. If you imagine like a, a, a water tank. Okay. A, yeah. A massive one, you know, okay. j- j- just like you know, a hundred, hundred and fifty feet tall. You
0: know. Oh wow! No. I, well, I can't say we didn't have them. I, I, where I grew up, we didn't have them. But I mean, I, I, I can picture what you're talking
1: about because we had a, I'd say like a a five foot one outside our house. Right, right, right. Now these were massive, and they were on legs. Okay. And apparently, he based the idea of these cylinders. On one of those, I'll I'll put photos up on Facebook. In fact, our one in our town, where we live here, um, it only came down about four years ago. They only cut it up about four years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, there's not so much demand for gas anymore, and um, you know, everything's piped directly now. It doesn't go into this huge, you know, container outside town that that serves everybody. You know.
0: Wow. I we're sitting here talking with these examples. And I, I was thinking, I started looking this up because I can't, I can never remember. Actually, I think my brain doesn't let me remember. I was thinking, why did it, why did he pick it having screwed off? Because it just seems like, you know, not a very archaic thing, but then I forget, I have to look this up every time. I forget this story was written before 1900. Yes. Uh, it's like, I, I, it just astounds me that this entire idea was done before, like, Every sci-fi thing, I can relate back to the great space race between the Soviet Union and the United States. Everything. This one was like no one even thought this of going to space and this entire uh, Martian attack was, was written in, before 1900. I don't know why I can't remember that. So, okay, screwing unscrewing a cylinder, not so strange now that I remind myself of that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, I mean, H.G. Wells and jules verne over in france you know they were that they were writing at the same time and you know now we call it steampunk you know victorian science fiction but they were there in victorian times you know writing right yeah exactly it was modern
0: it was modern fiction for them
1: (laughs) yeah 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 anyway uh so yeah hey it's moving they go you see it unscrewing um one of the guys says oh maybe it's a bomb and uh the other guy, I love the other guy. He's like, bombs don't unscrew. He goes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and we have a wipe back to the barn dance uh, where you've got our hero, old Forrester, oh, that, that, is... aw- that awful corny line about, you know, if we could harness, could harness. Uh, all the energy from a d- barn dance, we can send it back, you know?
0: Uh, oh dear, <laughs> Are you a mystery science theater 3000 fan at all? I certainly am. Yes. Uh, so Dr. Clayton Forrester, how long did it take you to adjust to hearing that name in a different context? <laughs>
1: yeah yeah (laughs) there's a reason he's chosen you know i mean right yep (laughs) yeah yeah uh it cuts back the lid immediately falls off and the guys they've they've taken cover in in the little gully at the side of the road um and you know there are many many reasons why i love this film many 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 um and uh up there one of the top ones is the use of sound and sound effects oh yeah Again, you were saying earlier, you know, this is like quite advanced for its time. The sound effects in this, you know, the sound effects that starts as the cobra head starts to come out. That is an amazing sound effect.
0: It is. And it's one of those ones that even if you don't know the movie or where the sound is from, there's there's a, a real high chance that you play this sound for someone. They'll say, I recognize that. Some people know what it's from, some won't. But I think everyone – not. It's a little broad, but almost everyone has probably heard this sound. It's so iconic.
1: And it, it's creepy, isn't it? Yeah, like that, yeah. That is a creepy – like I say, this scared the crap out of I don't know how old I was, but I wasn't that old. Um, I must have been about seven or eight, something like that, you know, and it did. It scared the crap out of me. We've mentioned this time and time again on this show about how did the audiences take this back then? Right. Um, and of course, the other thing is um, this film, when it was released here in the UK, uh, got the highest rating. It was an X c- certificate. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, huh. I, I'll, I'll put it on Facebook. I've got the poster. Um, and yeah, it's clearly got an X certificate. Now, I mean, it, it's a, it has it, a body count, but it's not real graphic. No, I think it's the suspense part. Yeah, well, that okay that that makes sense. You know, that's what it is. I mean, now it's a PG, and sometimes it's shown on Sunday morning. over here, Right,
0: yeah. there's but a real it, good chance the first viewing of this, and I didn't realize I was viewing it, was probably a Saturday or Sunday um, syndicated matinee a tele- televised thing. Yeah, there's there's a real good chance that's true.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's scared. It, this first bit i mean even now you know i get chills that sound is i I've, i want that for my ringtone i have to f- oh find, that's a oh <laughs> find a ringtone for that you know yeah yeah and there's no music over the top of it they've just letting the sound effects you know set the tone uh for this scene which is a stroke of brilliance yep and they're- we cut back to the guys and they're saying where <laughs> where do they come from and uh that that guy the bombs don't unscrew guy goes about mars is quite near the Earth right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now if, if if we hadn't had that prologue at the beginning saying about, you know, the Martians looked across and they considered all the different planets, uh, Mars is the only one that uh, you know, appealed to them. If if we hadn't had that, that's a huge assumption that they must come from Mars.
0: True. I, true. It's funny uh, you mentioned that opening um because I to watch this I went ahead and watched the whole movie. Well why not? Because why not? Exactly. <laughs> but uh since I'm paying like was just in my frame of mind to pay closer attention this time, even though we're only doing two particular scenes, I was really listening to what they were talking about with the planets. And I'm like, wow, we learned quite a bit about what is actually happening in those planets as opposed to what they conjectured was happening in 1953.
1: It is a brilliant opening. I mean, the paintings were done especially uh, – oh, right. the animations yeah. were done especially for the film. And uh, yeah, no, no, that, that that that's an excellent opening. I love it. So we, we, we we've got the guys, they decide to get a sugar sack uh, to use as a yeah, white right. flag, don't they? Um, and th- th- there's quite a bit of humor in this scene, considering what's just about to happen. Yeah, um, right. yeah know, It's almost
0: like that to balance off the suspense and, yeah, uh, and yeah. about what about to, uh, hello, what's about to happen.
1: Do you think they were more devious than that? They thought, well, actually, if if, if we put some humor in at the beginning, it's going to make it all the more shocking when uh, things start happening, you know?
0: Uh, I can't say that that's
1: not probably not entirely true. I mean, right. I, I think that's that's definitely a possibility because we have that great line far better than Forrester's, you know, uh, harnessing energy. Um, yeah. Right. What, <laughs> what are we going to say to them? Welcome to California. California, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so as they say that it then cuts and oh, boy, it's just. A fantastic cut to the close-up of the lens you know you've already seen the copperhead starting to come out but the the screen is filled by a close-up of the lens uh, yes. of the copperhead and it and we stay fixed in that position as it pans away from us and turns around and you can see the 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 bloke starting to walk towards it which is just brilliant I I, I, yeah. I love that shot
0: yeah it's this is uh starts opening up what the thing I really like about the movie, the sound is, is incredible, but I, there's something about the colors, especially when it has anything to do with the Martians. That is what really draws me to this movie. I love just, I I don't know if it's because they're bright or what, or just, but whatever the, the, the use of color, the kind of, Oranges and golds, the reds—that's the dangerous part. But then, like the greens and blues they use with the ships, I love watching. Just looking at this movie, not just watching it—I love looking at it. And it starts when when the Martians get involved, and it starts with with the this cobra head coming out of the out of the ship.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, ev- everything, all the human stuff is quite subdued, isn't it? It's all yeah. like browns and dull colors. Um, the the only real brightness in the film are the Martians themselves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the men advance, they're getting closer, um, and they do the whole open up, you know, and start waving the flag. And, it, I mean, this is just superb. The, 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 the music, it becomes almost a beat, doesn't it? You know, right, yes. <laughs> just before the, as they say, open up. He does open up. And just before he does open up, um, you get this beat music that gets louder and louder. The camera cuts to behind them as they get blasted. Mhm. Um and uh, an amazing uh, an amazing shot that I think. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that's the end of the sequence because then of course we cut back to the barn dance and uh, all the power goes out. <laughs> yeah. So that's the end of the sequence, but I I I'd just like to mention it's not part of this sequence, but uh Th- Th- forrester and Co when they go up to find out what's going on, uh they find the uh the ashen remains of the three guys. Um, and it's only just occurred to me now. It's the only time you, that you really see dead people in this film.
0: Oh, I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. Yeah, now, everyone else seems to get, and well, we'll get to it, but seems to get completely disintegrated.
1: Yeah, you, 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 you see, yeah, you see, yeah, you, you, they, they disappear, they vanish, and then for the rest of the film, you see rioting. Um, and people panicking, but you don't see dead bodies. Now that's completely different to the book. In the book, the narrator, as he as he you know uh, travels, you know from from Woking up to London and then into Essex, he goes into quite some detail about all the dead people that he sees and dead horses, etc., etc. You know, um, on his travels. So yeah, yeah, it, right, I, yeah. It's never occurred to I, me I, before.
0: Right, yeah, me neither. <laughs>
1: All right, so that's it. That's the sequence uh, over. So we're going to the behind-the-scenes. I don't know how – you're a fan, Matt, so I, I, I might be preaching to the converted here, but uh, <laughs> let's go for it anyway. But uh, I've got some facts on behind-the-scenes from I this sequence. I don't,
0: actually don't know much about behind-the-scenes of this one, so I'm, I'm actually eager to hear this.
1: Right, okay, right. Well, the Martian design um, fell to a guy by the name of Albert Nazaki. okay, Um. And the cobra head that we see in this scene, it actually owes its origin to his original design of the fighting machine. The original design of the fighter machine, it it, it it was like the manta ray shape we see for the fighter machine. But the cobra head was actually at the back. It was like a tail. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, which came, came up and over, almost like a scorpion tail, you know? Right. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. And so, but but I don't know who decided to actually move it to the front there like that. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, it works, um, but yeah, it's that 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 is a uh of strange, not strange, but uh, yeah. I, I wonder how that changed. It was it was designed with one thing, and you have that in your mind. I wonder who plucked it off and put it on the front just out of, out of whim, and and we got yeah. what we got out of it.
1: It could be that you know, if you think of the 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 sh- actual shape of the fighting machines in this film with a tail. It does look like a manta ray or something like that. And yeah, somebody might have does. gone, that looks too Earth like. That looks, yeah. too, that looks too much like an animal. Yeah. Stick it on the front. You
0: that know? makes sense. That, you know what? I, see, I can see that. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. when you do that, it's so uh, what you're not expecting of Earth that it makes it look alien instantly, actually. Yeah. I see exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the final design was built by a prop department led by a guy by the name of Ival Burke. Okay. Uh, he made them out of copper which gave them the reddish hue, uh, which is meant to subliminally link them to Mars. Okay.
0: Oh, of course. That, that's
1: obvious now you pointed it out, but I didn't make the connection. <laughs> All these things. You watch yeah. it for years and years and years, yeah. and, you know, um, then you start thinking about it. It's like, oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Um, the large cobra head, it had hexagonal holes uh, behind the lens with rotating shutters uh, behind them to give it the flicker effect. That's how they come up with that. Oh, Okay. And this scene was the first one filmed for the film. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was on Paramount's uh, soundstage number eighteen. Okay. Right. Yeah. The the, the prop department they spent three weeks uh, on the soundstage uh, building and dressing uh, the side of the road uh, there that we see where the cylinder has landed. Uh, They brought in real trees, had them planted, and the cars were parked at the side of the road, uh, and that scenic background that like i said that had the wrinkles in yeah <laughs> um, showing off the chino hills uh that that was hung up but this said again i didn't realize this until i was researching it it was actually redressed a number of times um it's also where the Am- army has its camp we're coming up to that in the next mm-hmm. sequence it's where gene barry's plane comes down and it's also where the two of them run off to the farmhouse it's all the same set just redressed
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah so that's all I've got for behind the scenes. I've got I've got more stuff but that's really to do with the um um with the next sequence. Okay. So so with that over, uh we go on to a rating for this one please, Matt.
0: Okay. Um I am just so such an apologetist, uh, uh, apologist for time and and things I love, but I mean it's it's I mean the 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 the, the I just mentioned I love all the visuals of the Martians. The Cobrahead is really cool. The only down point is the firing. I guess not even the firing. The firing's really cool, but including the bodies it is a little bit of a victim of its age, but it's still not bad. If you keep in mind, it's nineteen fifty three so mm. well, it's not perfect because of that. I can't go any less than like really an eight uh because I just love the actual physical piece of that shot of the Cobra head coming out of the, out of the crater.
1: Okay. Um, My view, um, I think it's a, it it, it is iconic. It's a true classic of 50s science fiction. Um, Even if I detach myself um, emotionally and, and I can't say nostalgically. That's (laughs) it. (laughs) Yes. I I, I think it's perfect. It gets a 10. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, So that gives us an average of a nine okay good good all right now I I feel
0: better about my eight now
1: okay fine (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you know that gives it a nine I'm going to be interested to see you know how it rates alongside what we're just about to uh, talk about now okay so let's go with a clip for that one What's he think he's doing?
0: Uncle! Uncle Matthew! too late now. too far away.
1: Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no
0: evil. No!
1: It's seen him. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over,
0: and I will dwell in the
1: house of the Lord forever. So we start this sequence, uh, the army are camped out already on, on soundstage 18, like I say. Uh, the Martians start coming up out of the gully. Uh, again, great sound effects as they start to come up. Um, uh, really helps sell it again, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we cut to a close-up of the first fighting machine as it comes out, and you can see the energy rays. Mm-hmm. or or invisible legs, as Forrester calls them. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, which is supposed to represent the tripod look. Yes, uh, right, uh, right. Fr- from the book. Not much in the way of consistency here, because you see it at the very beginning here, but they don't carry it through for the rest of the film. You don't really see that again. No. the rest of the film, you know? Correct, yes. You're correct, yes. <laughs> it is.
0: Uh, I mean, I guess I, I absolutely understand why they kind of wedge that in there, because fans of the story are probably expecting tripods but it almost mm. makes me wonder if it was even worth shoehorning that in
1: Yeah I mean it's it, it's so far removed from the original setting and yeah. the original designs that you know it you didn't really need his line about invisible legs you really didn't need to do this but
0: Exactly yeah
1: Something that's occurring to me now is this is this like a quite a rare thing where a book was radically updated and redone is this like a, an early instance? Oh, no, no, no. They did it with the Sherlock Holmes films, didn't they? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. In yeah. the Second World War, the Basil Rathbone ones, they mm-hmm. updated him and, and, and brought him forward to the Second World War, and he was always uh, um, after some dastardly Nazi plot, wasn't he? Right. So, yeah, yeah no, okay. this isn't no, this is uh, set in a precedent, I don't think. Okay. Um, looking into the background of this scene, um, something I... It really doesn't mean anything to me. Maybe you, as an American, uh, might know. But the reporter in this is a, by, a guy by the name of Paul Freese. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know that name? No. Okay. Well, I looked into it, and apparently he's a famous voiceover actor.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> Who, amongst other things, I've got it written down here. Now, the first, the first two, I definitely know from when I was little. He was the voice of Squiddly Diddly. <laughs> okay <laughs> do you remember squidly diddly no see you're a bit younger than me yeah when i when i was but about. I love, you know, I love that name I'll, yeah i'll, I'll yeah, tell he, you that <laughs> he, he was a squid called squidly diddly i, I think uh, okay. it was a Hanna barbera cartoon it was about the same time as you know huckleberry hound and all that
0: oh, okay uh,
1: yeah yeah he he was squidly diddly he was also morocco mole I remember more.
0: Oh, so, okay. I I I looked it up. I recognize him, but I did not recall his name. So yeah, I I know of this character. I probably even seen some cartoons when I was young.
1: Yeah, um, something you have seen and you wish you hadn't seen. He's actually in <laughs> in uh, King Kong Escapes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he 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 he's the voice of Doctor Who. He dubs Doctor Who. Oh yes. King oh, Kong Escapes.
0: He's also um. Oh my gosh, he does a ton of stuff for uh, Rankin Bass as well.
1: Oh, you're looking him up there, are you?
0: No, no, I just... When you said King Kong Escapes, I know exactly who you're talking about
1: now. Oh, right, right. Yeah, there was that, there was a rather naff... Um, you know, they did this all the time in the 60s. If anything was popular, there was a cartoon show. You know, they did it with the Jackson 5. They did it with the Beatles. And he was also the voice of John Lennon and George Harrison. Oh, really? In the 60s <laughs> Beatles cartoon. Yeah, he was the thing in the 60s Fantastic Four cartoon. Um, and he... Again, this means nothing to me. He was the Pillsbury Doughboy. He was the voice okay. of the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy. Um, and this one, I thought of you when I found it. He's the narrator on the Haunted Mansion. Ride. I
0: was, yeah, I was waiting. I was like, oh, if you didn't say that, I was going to say, uh, yeah, because when, when when you told me King Kong escapes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Right. Yeah, he's, uh, yep, yep, yep. It, which is, I, you told me recently you didn't realize that was a ride either.
1: I can, I didn't. It wasn't until we were talking about Pirates of the Caribbean and I started looking into, you know, that and the uh, the model kits that came up. And I was looking for images to put on the Facebook page of Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, the zap action kits. And I typed in zap action kits and it's like, oh, yeah, Haunted Mansion. I wonder if that's the Eddie Murphy <laughs> film. And I looked into it. It's like, oh, so that was a ride as well. did That's know, crazy because that,
0: that's either just a couple of years older or younger than Pirates of the Caribbean. So it's it's. Almost just as old, possibly older, and it, 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 that's, that surprised me even more than finding out. That is, that's one that people – I mean people love pirates. Haunted Mansion, we could go on and on about that. For Disney Files, that is like – there's almost like <laughs> a cult of the Haunted Mansion. People could tell you every single detail of every brick in that building. People oh, love that ride.
1: See, I I can only speak for myself. Never heard of it. It's right. that's, that's so crazy. <laughs> if if you said to me Haunted Mansion, I'd say, oh, yeah, that was that uh, Eddie Murphy film. And that's it. That's my only knowledge until I found that image. You know?
0: <laughs> Let me tell you one very quick fact about that. before We get on too much of a tangent there. People love that ride so much that at one point where they had rope queue lines with the poles that were in the in the ground. Oh, yeah. They would remove they remove the poles and put in a different queuing system. One pole that they cut off. They didn't repave, so it looks like there's a little circle ring inside there. People have written a story about that being the ring of the bride ghost in that ride. Like, fans <laughs> came up with the story. And now, it's it's such legend that when Disney redid that area, they actually put in a proper ring in the cement to carry on that fan story.
1: That is madness. Yeah, that's how much people <laughs> love that ride. Okay, again, complete news to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Right. Getting back on track. Um, yeah. Paul Freeze there. He's the reporter. Oh, Uncle Matthew there. He decides to try and uh, make the Martians understand that humans mean them no harm. And he he wanders off. Um, and while he's doing that, you've got the second and the third fight machines come out. Um, we're going to get onto this in behind the scenes, but it, it's at this point that you can start to see the wires <laughs> that are holding them up. Okay uh we get a guy say who's that um what's he doing and Anne robinson okay i love this film i love it dearly the only problem i've got with this film is Anne robinson uh because i don't think she can act <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> and yeah when, she seems to scream and she seems to have a yeah a, like a stop go it's either yeah nothing does, or insane
1: that's what I was just about to say. She runs up to the the, 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 the sandbags there, looks out, and bam. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah off. but she, Dr. Forrester basically puts her in a, a, a cross-arm bar or something. Like he's yeah. got his, his elbow, his arm, like right across her face. Of like, dang, man. She
1: goes so over the top. She's almost in orbit herself. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. She's so over the top. But doesn't matter. We get the line. It's seen him. Um, the wires are still very apparent as you see the, uh, the Martians approaching. Um, oh, Uncle Matthew. Um, I do like the way that, uh, you know, he's there, he, he's reading the Psalm as, yeah. as he approaches and he holds the Bible up. I like the way the Martians are so polite that they actually let him finish. <laughs> before the truth, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're listening. It's like, right, that's enough. <laughs> um, and he gets blasted um and we get the line let them have it and brilliant this next bit the the editing in this this is edited so fast yeah. you know all the guns opening that can only be you know like 30 frames in each I'd I'd love to see a print I'd I'd love to see a print and look and just see how many frames of a uh, of film is in each cut of it it is cut so quick yes. and it's so brilliantly done as the army opens up yeah and it's done like twice it's like the initial barrage and then they they do it again yeah 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 no absolutely brilliant we also here we start to see the protective blisters yes uh the force fields that they've got which are not in the book um, no. at all um and the martians start firing uh with their wing tips. not only they have they got the heat ray they've got these these wing tips that fire um if i've got a problem with this scene it's it's the it's the way they're done. That, that, it's some sort of like cell animation, isn't it? It's mm. like green blotches just going across the frame.
0: I'm okay with the blotches. What I'm not okay with is that they're always firing in the same direction but hitting different things. It's like the, yeah. So they obviously animated it once and reused it at you know, different shots or maybe even the same shot with different effects overlaid on it. So that, that takes – I wouldn't say takes me out of it. That catches my eye.
1: Yeah. Uh, what catches my eye as well is when it actually does hit anything, uh be it a tank or a, or a gun or some troops, uh they turn red and vanish. Yeah. But it, it that that they are absolutely still. That's fine if it's a tank, but when you see the guys there pulling like a uh, a gun or something and it's obviously it's just a still, you know, uh which they then tint red. Uh, I like the R ah that you get from the men. You know, mm-hmm. you get, get, get a little a little groan of pain as they vanish. Right. <laughs> um, when the tank gets hit, um, it vanishes, and and you got like a smudge on the ground there. Yes. Um, that no, to me, it, it 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 looks like what it is. It's been you, you you know like painted on or overlaid on. It looks just like a a two D shadow on the on the ground there. It doesn't look like it's on the ground if you see what I mean.
0: Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm, I'm in the moment. I'm, I'm right. Really it, that's the thing. It, it's,
0: yeah. These are all after the fact thoughts for me.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think as well, you know, anyone who is a fan of this film, you've seen it so many times that you can detach yourself from it. And of course you and I, for this show, we're looking at it from a technical point. Exactly. Of view. Yep. But it doesn't matter when you're actually in the film, you know, right. You're along for the ride, you know, <laughs>
0: there, there was one thing that, uh, I, I don't know that I didn't think about before, or didn't notice, but when they fire the heat ray and you have that one soldier on fire, which is, I mean, that is a great shot. He falls on a table that I think I might be wrong, but it seems like the table is supposed to split in half as
1: he fell on it, but it, it doesn't. Didn't. Does it? Yeah. No. And he takes a tumble then, doesn't yes, he? So not yeah. only is he on fire, he's got bruised ribs he, as exactly, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because of course all of this is practical. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and um, no, it's just these guys, you know, they, they 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 were in such danger, and I guess they weren't being paid much money, but they went ahead and they did it, didn't they? You mm-hmm. know, yeah, right. And it looks terrific. Um, and then we're almost at the end of this sequence. Um, you know, the captain he says, you know, to Forrester. And Sylvia to get out. Uh, the air force will take care of these babies now. <laughs> yeah. And he does his whole get out, get out, and then he gets hit. And that that is uh, an iconic moment where he stops still, and we get the X ray effect of him, don't we?
0: I think that actually, I, I I'm not enjoying the disintegration beam, the the wingtip beams all that much. I, I, I the heat ray to me, I like more. But that shot saves the entire concept of that disintegration ray, because it's so well done. And like you said, it's so iconic. He's, he's stopped dead. He turns green. Then you see his skeleton, then he disappears without that. I, I, the, that whole disintegration ray, whatever it's even called, uh, I would have liked a lot less, but that, that fine, the finale to that weapon really Mm -hmm. saves it for me.
1: It does cap it, doesn't it? It caps this whole sequence. Um, and you say iconic and it is, you know, um, um, I've said before about, you know, in the seventies, there were all these science fiction books came out and, uh, war of the worlds. It was either the fighting machine or it was this picture of the guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and we were saying, why, why would this have been an X certificate? Do you think maybe in the fifties that was, you know, horrific?
0: No, I guess it could be. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, you do when, 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 now that we're recapping how much happens in gosh, like four, four to five minutes, it's, you have a guy on fire. You've, you've, You've disintegrated two dozen people. Uh, it's 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 violent, not gory, but so. And you you just pointed out once again, 1953. So yeah, I guess I guess I could see where it's coming from now. It is it is a bit. It is horrific. It's not gory, but it is horrific.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was intense for an audience.
0: Intense, yes, that's that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. There's, well, a, and there's
0: so much shooting. That's the other thing too. It's just it's it's just a firefight. The, yeah. the second the second the army fires, it's like both sides are just relentless for that whole scene.
1: Yeah, and the humans really do get a whooping, don't yep. they? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the sequence over. So we're going to behind the scenes. Uh, We'll rewind to the beginning of the sequence. Originally, in the original script, uh, the spotter plane that had been in earlier uh, dropped a flare right down into the Martians' camp, and we were actually going to see, you know, what they were up to. I don't think we would have seen Martians, but we would have seen the fighting machines before the reveal that we get in the final version. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, You know, um, I'm sure, that the fighting machines originally, when George Powell came on board and they were going to do this, they were meant to be tripods okay uh but they couldn't figure out a uh a realistic way of making the move
0: mm. okay okay that's an interesting uh i mean i figured yeah i figured they had to have been tripods but i i kind of thought they just went went ahead and modernized it and made them you know the whole flying saucer idea by this point was was a thing but i didn't realize it was more of a limitation than a than trying yeah. to update it that's
1: interesting no, it, it absolutely was. They were meant to be tripods. They were supposed to have like spider thin legs. Mm, okay. um, they were meant to be like a strange blue green uh, spider thin legs, uh, and the base of each legs was going to have some sort of caterpillar track affair. Okay. Uh-huh. So if you imagine okay. a tripod, sta- each leg of a tripod standing on a yeah. tank. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah basically but then they rejected it because they couldn't uh, figure out how to do it now of course this again is, is is far removed from the original novel in the original novel they have three uh three legs uh hg wells made a point of saying that they didn't have any fixed pivots they didn't actually have like knees or anything like that okay mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen speculation about what he was describing you know how they moved and some people have said it's if you imagine a man on crutches a one-legged man on crutches. So like two legs go forward and then the rear leg comes up and then two legs go forward, then the rear leg comes up like that. Uh, but, in okay. the no- but in the novel, he actually describes it like a milking stall. So a three-legged milking stall tipped uh, at a 45-degree angle and then spinning. Okay. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying, yeah. Huh. Which is a very strange effect. But when he describes that movement it's when the narrator is actually uh, witnessing the tripod for the first time during the, a thunderstorm. And the images he's seeing is almost like a strobe effect. You know, he's, he's seeing the tripod in a flash of lightning, then it's darkness, then he sees it again. So, you know, H.G. Wells, I'll come on to this in, in future shows, H.G. Wells was very good at being very ambivalent and very vague about descriptions. Mm. Okay, so nobody knows definitively how the tripods were going to move um and come 1950s uh they just decided to get rid of the legs altogether right yeah. okay um now there's a line um that forrester says about how the fight machines were held aloft on energy beams and i'm st- i'm stunned by this i don't know if this is true I've, I've, I, but i've seen it more than once that there was an attempt to create energy beams from the fighting machine models Okay. using a discharge of 1 million volts.
0: Whoa, okay.
1: Yeah. Well, that would they, have they done something. To... I'm not sure what. Yeah. Well, that's why they didn't do it, because yeah. apparently they tested it, okay, that, that you had overhead generators up in the ceiling of the studio. Um, the, the, the voltage was fed down the wires to the fighter machine and then down to the ground to form the, like these beams. It was tested, it worked fine, but it was abandoned because there was a fear that it would arc to any piece of dust <laughs> or metal yeah. or dirt on the large stage, okay? So it was fine in an enclosed controlled environment, but then they thought well once we put this on on the actual miniature set, it was too risky. Yeah, okay? yeah, that sounds dangerous. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I know filmmaking was a lot different back then. A lot more chances were taken. I'm glad that's like a line did in cross cuz that could have been catastrophic. Absolutely. Or, it also yeah. could have worked, but the, the 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 gamble was a little too high. <laughs>
1: yeah. But from that came the idea of of powering each uh, fight machine uh, via the piano wires. Uh, the, um, you, you know the wires that oh, sure, um, yeah. are apparent. Yeah, 15 of the wires that are there uh that go down to the craft that 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 was the wire to actually they were the wires that actually powered the fighting machines oh, okay. uh, lights and uh, uh etc the other i think there was another five wires they that five wires held it up 15 were to power mm-hmm. uh, the oh. fighting machine oh.
0: Didn't even think uh, of that. That of course it had to have a power source because of the yeah,
1: uh, yeah. The, the all the um, the,
0: the light. I mean not just the lights, but the uh, mechanics to make the strobe, like you were just describing. There's yeah. there's probably a lot more to it than than meets the eye. Which is that's a good thing. You don't want to sit there and say I can see how all that works. You, you want the yeah. suspension of disbelief, or not even that. You you want to be you want to be fooled by the these practical effects.
1: Yeah, and of course it's the 1950s, so you know you have got huge, great, clunky valves and solenoids and relays <laughs> yeah, right, and stuff. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And they take a lot of juice. Yeah. Um, the reason apparently the uh, the wires are are quite apparent um, was they only disguised them by painting them to match the background. Mm. So whatever shade of blue they had painted the sky, they painted the wires blue. That was that was the uh, the, the amount of disguising that was going on.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And then when when lights changed and different uh, angles and shadows, it's yeah, yeah. It's possible yeah. to.
1: But apparently, if, if you were to go in a time machine back to 1953 and watch this film in a cinema, they weren't too visible. Um, I was listening to the uh, audio commentary by Joe Dante, who's a massive fan of this film, um, and, I, and he was saying that uh, the film was shot on three-strip Technicolor, okay. okay, which has a, a slightly soft uh, focus effect to it because, you know, it's three-strip yeah, three sure, yeah. Technicolor, okay. and then they're all combined. But when subsequent prints were released for the re-release of the films or, you you know, TV versions, it was done on Eastman Colour. So so, so the focusing was much Ah. uh, better. And actually that brought everything in and the wires actually uh, became more apparent. Now, the DVD that I've got, I don't know if that's an Eastman Colour version. It would be nice if you could compare the two. To see it in 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 Technicolor and Eastman color, and just see if the wires were less apparent.
0: Yeah, I I thought you were going to say, and this may have something to do with it as well. You you know, you and I both know this very well. Is that there's a huge difference in imagery of a uh, a a a picture that's being projected forward from behind you on a silver screen as opposed to the light coming at you from a TV screen. I thought that might have had something to do with the wires not being seen as well in a, the original cinematic viewing.
1: It could be. I mean, but but apparently if you were there in the 50s, you didn't really see the wires. Right. Okay. you know,
0: I didn't really notice them
1: all that much. It, that's one of, it's one of those things though, that once you see
0: it and you know it's there, you can't not see it. But it, it took me a while till I really, really caught on to the wires. It took a few viewings. So I don't think they are all that bad but again no,
1: once once no. you know they're there you never unsee them yeah 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 sure um get this matt okay. uh, originally uh, the uncle matthew uh, the old pastor there he didn't die straight away in the original script after the martians destroy the first set of guns the colonel actually allows the uh, uncle matthew the pastor uh to try to negotiate to the martians and it wasn't just him. He didn't die alone. He—it no. was him. He had a minister with him, a rabbi with him, and a group of nuns.
0: Uh, why does that sound like a joke?
1: Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> a group of nuns, a rabbi, a minister, yeah, and a right, pastor yeah. go into a crater. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like what? What? <laughs> are they trying to like cover all bases? Yes. Yeah. You know. You know the Mar- the Martians are an enemy to everybody. Right. You know? yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but they all get fried. All, all get fried together. <laughs> um what we were saying about you know it it it, it was a simpler time you know risks were taken with electricity and setting people on fire yeah um this battle where you see the actual uh fighting machines crossing the terrain um some of the explosives that are going off there they were buried like mines in the ground which were you you know remotely detonated some were were suspended from wires oh wow and yeah and then blown up but then some of them apparently were thrown like hand grenades. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, I, I, I want to see some behind the scenes footage. I of do. All these guys I, lobbing. I do too. At the wow. Martians. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Martians force field blisters. Uh, They were three lucite domes. Um, Kind of like, you know, where you see a like a carriage clock or something like that, you know. Um, you know with a a dome over the top Um, they were built by the prop department um, and they were just filmed separately and composited onto the scene um, over the top of the Martians so they obviously weren't there Um, all three fighting machines were fitted with rotating cobra necks um, but only one of them could actually raise the neck up and down, which is the one that actually, you, you know, the neck comes down to look at the pasta before oh, shooting.
0: Oh, I never noticed the other two weren't moving, but it uh, uh, yeah, interesting,
1: huh. Yeah, the 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 death of uh, Colonel Hefner uh, at the end, the X-ray effect. Um, that was actually 144 separate cell paintings. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, overlaid one on top of the other. Yeah, yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. Um, the sound of the fighting machines, uh, is entirely by electric guitars. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, they that, that, they they re- record it screeching, edit it, play it backwards, adjust mm-hmm. it un- un- until they were happy with it. Oh, that's okay. crazy. Yeah. Um, and that that that, that they had custom made a, a, a gizmo, uh, for the you know the ping 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 of the heat ray, mm-hmm. um, and the thump 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 of it about to fire. Um, that 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 was a custom built device actually came up with them oh like wow okay um and the heat f- final fact the heat ray fire um when the heat ray fires it, it they've just filmed uh, burning welding wire okay uh, <laughs> blown by a fan oh jeez. So, <laughs> so you've got a guy filming a um yeah 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 some welding wire right. coming towards yep. him being blown. By
0: that, Unbelievable. Know? It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you, you describe it and it's like, of course, but I would have not, I would have never thought to even try that.
1: Again, once you've seen it, you yeah. can't unsee right. When yeah. you know that that's a welding uh, wire, it's like, oh yeah, yep. it is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So that's the uh, end of behind the scenes. Uh, so uh, again, uh, please Matt, a, a rating from you.
0: All right. There's just, it's, I, I did mention, couple of things i didn't like the uh the, really the weakest point is the those those wing tip disintegration rays like the actual visual of it but the the idea of it is great you mentioned the the, the 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 lucite covers for the the um the force fields i love not only do i love the fact that they have this force field but it's like it's almost a slow reveal it's not like the first thing hits it and boom it's a big blue cover you kind of get a glimpse of it and you're like is that a is that a movie? Is that a, a, a post-production flub? And then all of a sudden, it gets stronger and stronger. Yeah. I love the reveal of that. I love the the heat ray. What I love, I mentioned early on in this episode. This is the scene I just love to look at because the colors of this are just—it's mm. a gorgeous scene. Um, it, I love this scene. It has flaws, so being analytical and critical, I'm gonna s- go. I guess I'm going to go eight again, I, but as a fan of the story, it's there's nothing wrong. I wouldn't change anything about it. But for its limitations, it, it it gets knocked out for its limitations, but then it gets bumped back up for its ambition. So while not being perfect, it's absolutely up there. I'm going to give it another eight.
1: Okay. Um, I, I'm echoing you an awful lot about <laughs> the heat ray effects and stuff and the wires, but you can forgive them. Um, but again, I'm going to be a bit more generous, but only a nine this time. Okay. Okay, so that's an eight and a half.
0: I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, so we've got an eight and a half for this one. We could almost give it a, a half point
0: for that for... poor guy that couldn't break the table,
1: but that's another story. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that's it then. Um, that's us done. Our first uh, foray into War of the Worlds. It's not going to be the last one on this show, um, but before that, we're going to be having um, some uh, War of the Worlds themed neozaz productions coming up later in the year so if anybody out there is a war of the world's fan I, I i urge you to to look out for uh announcements regarding that when they come out i will be posting them up on my facebook page um so stay tuned for that matt thank you for your time today oh thank you i i really enjoyed it as i always do okay thank you very much sir and uh, to be continued yes <laughs> right cheers then bye bye That's all, folks.